Welcome back to Master Your Mansion, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. Heidi Hansen. Hey, we're back. Ready to uh, help you? The peaches to my gravy. Central air and swamp coolers. You know, we have a, a slightly different opinion as to which one is awesomest and why. You know, I, I'd like to just go down that route with you. Tell me about, let's do swamp coolers, and let's just start with your experience with a swamp cooler. It was okay. up on your roof, or did you have the roof mounted? Uh, oh, I was, so I was first newly married, and we were being frugal, and at least we thought we were being frugal. We thought we needed to be. But we had this very nice electrician next door that knew we were a newly married couple, and he wanted to help us out, and so he volunteered to come over and put in a swamp cooler for us. Well, a couple of problems. First one was, is that I'm very much about aesthetics. I want things to function nicely and look nice. Oh. My husband cares hardly at all about <coughs> the aesthetics. You know, he's just like, put it in and keep it cheap. Shocker, because usually the roles are reversed. The husband is all about the aesthetics, right? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I think Gar's confused. Had a strange dream last yeah. night that twisted his thinking. <laughs> if it works, it's good. Oh yeah, well it sort <laughs> of works. But so the the nice electrician came over and, for a very good price, installed a swamp cooler on our home. But the only problem was they have to have a flue that comes down, and where the hallway was located, meant that the swamp cooler would be located on the front part of the home of the roof. So it wouldn't be on the back side of the house; it would be on the front side. So right. Problem number one, it made the house look not so nice. And then, you know, I'm in the in the late summer canning fruit with toddlers hanging on my legs, and I got the steam in the kitchen, and it's, it's hot as heck. And you've got the swamp cooler creating more humidity. And, of course, we live in a dry climate, so we're fairly lucky. But it's still, it, at that point, it felt a little bit like Missouri. Missouri? Missouri. Missouri. You sound like a local. Houston or... <laughs> Yeah, so you've got the humidity that's being brought in from the swamp cooler. you got the humidity that's being caused by the Martha Stewart right, project you were doing. Exactly. And you've got the humidity being caused by the kids hanging onto your arms and the sweat that... Yeah. So yeah. We, we saved a little bit of money on cooling, but we had literally teenagers that would go hang out in the hallway because they wanted to get by the swamp cooler when, when as the years progressed. And then pretty soon we had this big old white calcification running down the front side of our roof on their home and we had water damage mm -hmm. and all that from the swamp cooler so eventually i tore it out and put in an ac and my husband came home and wanted to kill me when he saw that i had called somebody <laughs> to do this without really getting full permission <laughs> of course we had talked about it but the day the guy showed up i hadn't really told my husband that he was coming <laughs> that that could be an interesting surprise that was that was a little bit of a compliment you've actually you know mentioned a lot of the strengths and weaknesses of swamp coolers versus ac units you've got the safety of access that we haven't mentioned you know if you got a swamp cooler i guess let's back up a little bit a lot of people that choose swamp coolers choose it because, A, they live in a dry environment. I mean, if you're in Virginia mm. or Texas, you just can't do a swamp cooler because it relies on humidity that is already there, so it doesn't work. Right. But assuming that maybe you're in Arizona or Idaho or you know wherever, Montana, you can do the swamp cooler, but you've got the safety of access factors you've got to deal with. You're going to be getting up to the swamp cooler on a ladder 
And you have to prepare it for winter and prepare it for spring and adjust it every time the float goes inaccurate. And when the water comes, when you have a storm, Mm -hmm. you've actually got rain and wind blasting down through the swamp cooler sometimes. Right. And you literally will have a little bit of, not enough to drench you, but a little bit of well, we are not going to have a very good argument today about swampers because you're converted I've to my team. I've had one, so I know exactly yeah, what they... Well, you can count on a lower bill, uh-huh. and maybe it will keep your skin y- looking younger, longer. Perhaps, you know? because you've got a little bit more humidity. Yeah, yeah, the bill is lower. You're using electricity to blow air in rather than to actually cool the air and then blow it in. But then, of course, you have to pay for your roof repairs, and you have to plan on not making as much money if you need to resell your home and blah, 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 blah. Right. Kind of reminds me once of uh, when I was duped into buying a particular painting. I paid thousands of dollars for it, but I figured it was just an investment vehicle because I was told and I believed it at the time that thousand, you know, multi-thousand dollar painting would be worth the same value later yeah. or more. Yeah. So I just figured, hey, it's, uh, it's, it's an investment that I happen to place on my wall. That turned out not to be the case. It I wasn't got, the scream. It didn't sell for four million next no, year. No, it really didn't. <laughs> so scream, I kind of like got hosed on that one. But uh, yeah, the same thing does kind of sort of apply with swamp coolers versus AC. Yeah, a central air unit will add value and saleability. I think a realtor will tell you mostly saleability to the house. Well, it just looks nicer. It feels better when you walk in. So let's say that we. What are we going to fight about? Uh, I don't know. We'll figure something out. Let's fight about whether it's okay to get one without your husband's permission. <laughs> That's a pretty good one to fight about. <laughs> that is. So imagine you've got that swamp cooler. You've got maybe an 11-foot roof. Maybe you've got a 25-foot roof you know, for the access. And no matter what the height is, you've got to go up that thing with one hand holding either tools or pads or whatever it is that you're going to use to get you know, up on the roof. And so now you're doing this ladder with three out of four limbs available. And you're probably doing a ladder, you know, that you might not have done in the last year or two or ten. And you can imagine all the bad things that can happen. Falling off of ladders, you know, even as the home inspector, I had a ladder slip out from under me once. And ended up with no broken bones, but it was certainly humiliating and there was blood. Mm. You know, that is one of the costs associated with uh, with having a swamp cooler is the safety factor. And, you know, then there's the maintenance costs of, like you'd mentioned, you can have overflows from those swamp coolers. And what's happening is that white stuff that you mentioned that was on the roof is calcium and magnesium, yeah. water hardness. And so what happens as the cycle goes through your swamp cooler you basically start with what is considered clean drinking water that gets dropped into there brought into there and then as it cycles through the h2o evaporates and is used for cooling the house everything that is not h2o meaning calcium and magnesium and there's a million other minerals that are in water they stay behind and they dirtify Mm. The swamp cooler pads and, you know, the the pond, everything else gets crusty. I know we did a previous podcast. Did we mention that having a a hose on there will actually help run it down off the roof? If you're stuck with a swamp cooler or you want to do it right, the hose that you have, and I don't know why 
if I didn't have a hose, or I don't remember. All I know is that I had water leaking well, my I'm, roof. I'm thinking a nice green hose on the uh, top of your roof facing forward to the street <laughs> would have been beautifully aesthetic. You it should have might, added it, it just for that reason. It, I don't think it would have been any worse than the water and the decalcification. <laughs> That's the calcification, true. excuse me, calcification. I'm thinking dental So what happens here is that, yeah, that calcium, when it overflows the pan, that calcium is really hard on the asphalt shingle. You know, there is a mm -hmm. chemical reaction that I couldn't begin to describe what or why, but it just is really hard on the asphalt shingle. So it causes those shingles to age very rapidly. You know, you can turn a 30-year shingle into a four-year shingle with that calcium overflow. Mm. And then after the shingles are trashed, then they start to leak and you've got water inside your house. And all of your savings that would have been realized with the lower energy costs suddenly... Yeah, suddenly you have to replace plywood on your roof and replace your asphalt shingles. and Right, yeah, and then you've got a mold problem, maybe you've got termites, maybe you've got rot, you know, who knows all the nasty little things you have, and that's because, you know, it's not directly the swamper to blame, but it is the swamper and inadequate maintenance are the problem. You know, I actually had one in the first home that I bought, and in that city, we had to change our pads almost monthly because there was so much Realage. mineralage. Well, maybe that was the problem then. Maybe maybe yearly wasn't enough. And those, uh, those pads, if I gave it more than a, a month or so, those pads would be rocks just because there was so much calcium on those pads that they were no longer soft. They were as hard as... Well, maybe that was the challenge. I'm guessing maybe ours didn't even get done every year. Yeah. That's going to reduce the effectiveness of the unit. And, yeah, you really don't want to let those things be up. No matter how good your water quality is, they've got to be changed at least once a year. So monthly. Those, those are... Those swamp coolers are high maintenance. Yes, they are. They truly are. They're Even more than some women, I exactly. know. Exactly. I mean, that's... Uh, inspection points on a swamp cooler are, you know, you've got a couple of different things you're going to want to look at. Uh, maintenance on a swamp cooler is more than just the filter. Well, you got the pan to start with. That's where the water gets brought in. There is a bomb, kind of like the bomb in your toilet, that will float on the water and it will raise and lower and as, uh, as the water level lowers, it allows more water in, again, kind of like the toilet. Mm. And so that needs to be functional. Obviously, if it's stuck in some position, you're going to have water overflow, and then your roof gets trashed, and then you have rot mold termites. Not fun. So that's the bomb is the first thing you want to look at, and uh, you could try to repair it, or you could just spend 15, 20 bucks and replace the thing. Or you could spend, you know, a little more and replace the whole swamp cooler. <laughs> then you want to look at the pan itself. How dirty is it? How much dirt and calcium and flakes and that sort of thing have you got in there. Then you got the pump that actually pulls water from the pan up into what is called the spider. Spider because it has eight legs. Hmm. And we're distributing the water uh, from the pump, hopefully equally, into every one of those eight legs. Oh, interesting. There's two arms for each of the four sides, and you want each of those arms to be distributing water equally. Sometimes you'll get, you know, maybe, who knows, calcification, maybe some sort of a rock, whatever it is, where one or two or more of the arms are actually flowing poorly or not at all. Mm. So if you've got that going, you've either got to work that problem out or, again, spend 15, 20 bucks and replace the whole spider. 
Mm. Then the spider drops the water down into the pads where the pads get wet, the air flows through it, and then you have, you know, the, the air flowing through a wet pad is going to cool the air, and then that gets pushed into the rest of the house. Wow. All, the, all these years, and that was a good description, Garth. So... Uh, you've got all those items are inspection points, they're maintenance points, and if you're going to uh, winterize, you know, then you've got to look at all of the above, and, you know, the primary thing with winterizing is, you know, especially if you live in, I don't know, Montana, northern Idaho, whatever, where it freezes. Yeah. Or Connecticut, you know, <laughs> Maine, <laughs> where it freezes in, I don't know, Definitely August. freezes in Maine. <laughs> cold <laughs> if you're in one of those states where it's potentially going to freeze at any part of the year which is pretty much the entire united states then you've got to get up there and make sure that there isn't you know the water has drained out of the pan and i do know some people that actually pull the pump out of the ac unit and actually they bring it inside for the winter oh interesting not everybody that. does that no i didn't know that Maybe is that just for really super cold climates, or is that just an extra precautionary? Yeah, I, let's put it in. Uh, is that it necessary at all? It's not necessary based on anything that I'm aware of. You've got metal that should not have problems with cold. Hmm. But, you know, I mean, if it's negative 10, negative 20 degrees out there, you know, that can't be good for the metal. If you're that particular, I'm surprised you don't have an AC. There you go. Air. Count that as a subtle hint, guys. <laughs> you can get up there and you can play, uh, let's take real good care of my piece of crap, or we can just not have a piece of crap. Uh, uh. Life is full of tough choices, isn't it? <laughs> if you're going to have that, you've got to change the filters. You should get up there probably the third time in the summer. You know, if you, Let's say that the air conditioning season starts in, let's say, May. And let's say that it ends in September. Okay. So that's twice you've got to get up there. Then I'm going to say in uh, maybe June, July, you need to get up there again, see how the pads are doing, see if there's any leaks, you know, see if the spider is delivering as it should. Sometimes you'll have the pads sag and you'll just have airflow. And that's how uh, wasps, for example, get into places where you don't want them to be. That gives them direct access to the home. Hmm. So you got to get up there perhaps so the a third time. the pads are sagging, it creates a gap of some sort? Yeah, or? so you've got this, let's say it's a, a pad that is maybe two feet wide by 30 inches tall. Right. And sometimes when those pads are not firmly held in place and you put water on them, you know, that's weight. And if they're not held, they're going to kind of slump. Mm. And so the slump can sometimes, I've seen, and this was on a house I owned, Back in the day, I saw that those pads slump about three or four inches. Interesting. And so I actually had wasps getting in through that gap and uh, making a home inside my swamp cooler. Wow. Inner chamber, and yeah, there was nothing between them and my house and my family at that Yikes. point. So time to close the vent and be hot, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that point, you might want to just open the windows at night and forget about <laughs> the, using the swamp cooler. Got a real good story about my dad, actually, but we're going to do that in the next segment, maybe the one about central air, because it applies to both subjects. You did mention, and I want to put an underline under this, is that there is a drain beneath the pan that is meant for a hose. 
Yes. A not, garden hose. Not, not necessarily a green garden hose, though. Maybe find a brown copper-looking one yeah, or a black one. Something that perhaps matches your roof a little yes. better. You need to have one of those that drains the water all the way to the rain gutter because if it doesn't go all the way there, you're going to have that calcification. You're going to have roof damage and then rot mold termites. Which is what I had. I don't know what the point of it was, but there was probably mm, two and a half foot hose that drained it part way out and then just let it run down the roof. The yeah, rest of that the kind of doesn't accomplish much. Kind of defeated the purpose. Just moved the calcification down a little bit. So, more information on MasterYourMansion.com. You know, we're going to do a couple more segments, and then we will make you, Heidi, and you, the listener, master of your mansion. Thank you, Heidi, as always. I can't wait. And as always, be yourself. Everyone else (laughs) has swamp coolers. (laughs) 